Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon all, and welcome to this fortnight's installment of the Ish Plus Six podcast, the podcast series where you could discover your next favorite artist. On today's episode, I am joined by the one and only Stella Taupo. Stella Taupo is an indie soul singer currently from South London, but also from a myriad of other places that we'll get into a bit more in this episode. Over the past few years, Stella has released three EPs with her most recent EP, Fine, taking a different approach to her writing. Make sure you guys all go and check out Stella's music available on all platforms. Please welcome Stella Taupo to the podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fortnight's installment of the Ish Plus Six podcast. I, of course, go by Ish, and today I am joined by the one and only Stella Taupo. Let's go, let's go, let's go. How's it going, Stella? Hello. What's up? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Ish. I'm really excited to be here and lovely to meet you. It's a pleasure, for real, honestly. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name right, by the way. Stella Taupo, is it? Or is it Taupo? Yeah. Taupo? Is it? Well, in Italian, it would be Talpo, but in English, like English people say Taupo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, is it the, do you know what? We can't carry on further without me getting this joke out of the way. Let me just get the, <laughs> Okay, go for it. I'm ready. Let me, let me just get the the what's it called? What what is this? Because the thing is, I've seen people like this do specific this. one or yeah. all of them. Yeah, that like that gesture. What is that? Talk to me about that. It's many things, but the essence of it is like what the fuck. <laughs> the thing is, right? It was um, I think it was at the Euros last year where I actually saw Italian football players doing that to the ref, and I was like, yo, people actually do that in real life. That's yeah. But it's like, it's like, so you're doing it more like this, which yeah. looks more like food, <laughs> but yeah. it's actually like a flick of the wrist. So it's like, what the fuck? It's a real, like, there were different versions of it. Well, we wouldn't say food, but as in, I grew up in Asia, so this kind of indicates food to me, because it's like more like, you know, eating with your hands and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But the, the Italian gesticulation is like, it's very relaxed. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> with the face, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it means what the fuck, but it, 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 it's different in like, sorry, I am allowed to swear on this, right? Yeah, yeah, you are. Don't worry. Um, it has different contexts, but also we have loads of ways of saying the same thing. Like, this is another one. Like, if you do, can you see? Like, what do you, like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and do you find yourself like doing that just in your day to day? Like, do you have to stop yourself? Yeah. You're like, wait, I'm in London right now. I Saw myself. I'm very proud of it because you know what's really funny, yeah. I left Italy when I was one years old. Yeah. So it goes back to that nature nurture thing, because like the only Italian, not the only, but the biggest Italian influences I had in my life were my parents. But I went to a British school, so it's to me it's so it says a lot about how strong. <laughs> it carries in the genetic pool because <laughs> yeah. like obviously i learned it at home but it's just such a part of me and it's like just a way i express myself yeah exactly nothing, nothing quite expresses that point you know when you have to say something and you're like <laughs> <laughs> so wait you said you're um okay do you know what we'll before we get even deeper into this we let me just um you've seen every episode of the podcast before let me just get Absolutely. this out of the way before we get into it we always start off with the joke today's no different um it's just a one-liner thing let's just get it out of the way because do i have the... to make a joke no 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 it's me oh. it's like the 
consistent watchers know it's like uh hang on i thought you've said i thought you've seen every single episode stella what's yeah yeah i totally did i watched every single one today <laughs> yeah um all right let me just get it out of the way just so that people don't come at me i failed maths so many times at school i couldn't even count i don't that's a joke um oh, it's gonna be longer <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were like getting comfortable just to. I was like, we couldn't even count, and then. <laughs> I thought that was like the first blow. Then there's gonna be another. Blow. Uh, that's literally it. I didn't make it up myself, so it's some random internet person who made it up. I'll blame them, not me. Um. So you mentioned okay. you're Italian, but you grew up in Singapore, and like I'm aware that you know you've grown up in a bunch of different environments: Singapore, Spain etc yeah. etc um i'm just curious if that's like changed the way you see the world or anything like that or if it's more just a um it's just one of those things that you don't really think about in your day-to-day -day. i think it's probably a bit of both because i think it's one of those things that's actually quite peculiar and spectacular and amazing but because it was part of my formative years i take it for granted like i don't know what it would have been like to be otherwise um, so my perception of the world is, I guess in a way, I don't know what it would be like to not have my perception. So I don't know if it's unique to that experience, but how I think I've been influenced by those things is that I feel like I'm a part, I feel like I belong everywhere and anywhere I go. I don't feel like a stranger or a foreigner anywhere. And I think that's a very strange way to feel, but in the same breath, I don't feel like I belong anywhere. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like I can, uh, I feel like a chameleon in the way that I'm open-minded and I love different cultures and I feel like I've lived so many different cultures that like nothing to me feels, I don't know, like everything to me is like human, right? You've had that human experience in so many different ways, but uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel like I belong anywhere. And that's a very strange experience. Yeah, exactly. You've mentioned that in the past. No, how I'm, speaking. I'm very honest. I, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's it's a standard thing that I do for yeah, everyone. Yeah, What's that? I was talking it makes about. Makes you really good at your job, but I'm very impressed. <laughs> I do you know what? What's that thing that Nadwa says? He's like, "You're Stella Taupo. We have to know or whatever." I don't know if you know Nadwa. It's he's a. That's fucking crazy. How the fuck you know that, bro? <laughs> You're Travis Scott. We have to know. Cafe in Hackney Central. Ooh. How do you know that? Juice. We gotta know that. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Where do you get this information? You are Tory. <laughs> I'm Tory Lanez. And we have to know. You have to know. Yeah, Nadwa, he's just a guy who interviews people and people get weirded out. He's basically a... Uh, almost he's the equivalent of a private investigator in the interview world basically so yeah that would be fun we'd be like so what do you know <laughs> well he'll he, literally he just stands there just listing off like your primary school teachers or something he's weird but anyways um <laughs> all right so would you say that the way you've been the way you were raised in all of these different countries affected your artistry in any way um, if I was being completely honest, uh, I wish it had done so more. 
Um, so the thing with Singapore that's really interesting is because it's such a new country and it's very British influenced because of the colony and stuff. Um, the music scene is very like new. They haven't found their like underground scenes. I mean, I can't speak for now, but at least when I was growing up there, it was still like very, you know, in its baby stages. And um, the music we got access to was very Radio 1. Uh, so I guess apart from the music I would illegally torrent, you know, where I would discover like different genres and subgenres, and then I had my grunge era and shit like that, like it was very cut and dry, like what I had access to. Um, and again, this is something that I carry a lot of like regret and shame about, but living in a country like that um, and being raised there, you don't realize the privilege you have in accessing so much different culture and art. So like when I was little, when we were in school, I, I learned how to play the gamelan, which is an Indonesian instrument. And like, to me, that was just like, I'm just playing the gamelan. The gamelan. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's such an amazing instrument. That sounds, that Stella, that sounds made up. What do you mean the gamelan? <laughs> yeah, Indonesian gamelan, YouTube it, it's unbelievable. An incredible instrument and that was just part of my curriculum like in school which is wild to me now but when you don't have context and you, it just seems normal you don't like it's you know it doesn't matter and so like it's just one of those things that I lost and that I didn't like respect in terms of like the culture and stuff because I mean I was like six or seven or whatever and in that way I kind of regret not having pulled those sonic things with me. I was so influenced by Western culture and like, I, I just like had this stargazed idea of like America where dreams come true and stuff. And I think that uh, that tunnel vision kind of robbed me from a lot of like sonic richness that I was surrounded by, which is a shame. And yeah. I would love to go back and rediscover those those sounds that made up most of my life so you know what? i'm gonna check it's gonna be the first thing i check out after this interview's done because that just sounds like i don't know it sounds like one of those things where someone just like it just sounds made up you know but you um, think so yeah but you know i got like a one of those like roland xp 60s or whatever like some of the first sample synths from the 80s maybe it was the 90s one and one of the bloody instruments on it was Indonesian gamelan. Really? <laughs> and I was like, ah! What kind of instrument is it? Is it like a string instrument? Uh, no, it's um, a percussive. A I should know what this is called. <laughs> you know what a xylophone is? What, are, what do they a call percussive it? Percussive percussion. Yeah, but it makes sound. It's got like, it's got pitch. Oh my God, my music degree is, um, hang on. What kind of instrument is a xylophone? <laughs> I swear it's just percussive, isn't it? Or I might just be, you might be thinking of a different word. Oh my god, you're so right. But it makes, it makes, um, what's the word? It makes pitch. Mem membrana, idiophone. No. Yeah. Uh, Stuck idiophone. Pluck. Yeah. I, that's a new word to me, so I don't know.
So it's like because there's different types of instruments that you if you like hit them have pitch or if you strum them have you know. You know what? You learn something new every day. I've never heard. I might be completely wrong, and some one of your viewers is going to be like, "She's an idiot." <laughs> you, I do you know what the people who there aren't that many commenters who comment on these things, but the people who do are nice, so it's fine. I'm aware that um obviously you've lived in a bunch of these places um before we like move on from there it also occurred to me that you speak Spanish and Italian um based on like your upbringing and everything do you find yourself gra gravitating towards music of those genres and languages more or is it really just English that you listen to it's a really good question and I really appreciate that question um I'd never thought about it, but now that you ask that, yes, actually, um, not just particularly those languages, because Italian music is uh, is pretty radio one as well. Like they're very traditional, their record labels are very, you know, it's all about the money type stuff. But Italian, old Italian music from the 50s and 60s and folk Italian music is amazing. And incredibly moving um and i love 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 spanish music to be honest with you be it from south america or from spain um because they're very different but like that music because it's very percussive heavy um it just is so moving and to me i guess it's not so much about the language it's so much more as the vibe and in in these like latina culture cultures there's such an emphasis on moving your body and dance and like you know community and joyfulness and it's the same with african music you know I, I i'm not gonna remember their name now but i listened to this senegalese band that my boyfriend introduced me to and it just is that kind of music that just transports you to a place of joy and it, i think that has a lot to do with the well first of all the the players because they're playing with joy but also that percussive kind of drive so kind of to answer your question in a really long way, yes, but not because of the language. I'm really, really into world music. So as much as I listen to like, you know, uh, music that's kind of in my, my career route, I actually probably wouldn't gravitate to it as much as like world music. So I listen to that Senegalese band, a lot of Italian folk. I've been getting really into, um, uh, Irish folk at the moment again because of my boyfriend but one of the things that people don't know about me is that my favorite genre of music is classical Indian music okay <laughs> um so yeah a lot of the music I listen to is actually instrumental world music so not language specific but I guess not western <laughs> so uh, yeah i have to keep on reminding myself of your situation and your upbringing because when you said indian classical music <laughs> i was about to say something but then i remembered oh wait this is stella she grew up a, in a billion different countries so it's fine yeah. <laughs> wait what were you gonna say though i was gonna like... say like what do you mean indian classical music <laughs> Yeah, I always wonder like why it's so it's the only music that like relaxes me if I'm really anxious or something. Um, and they've got some really good playlists on Spotify, like one of their algorithm, whatever, like public playlists. It's one's called Indian classical and one's called Indian ragas. It's going to change your life. 
So Indian classical music, that's like the stuff with like the mandolins and, um, you know, those, the sitar. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. And all that kind of thing. Yeah. And the tab tabla. Tabla. So, uh, yeah, when I did music at high school, I had to study Indian music and like all the different instruments. And I had, it was really intense. Um, and I don't remember any of it. Like, I don't remember any Indian music theory, but the something must have stuck because I love it so much. Yeah, exactly. Because I know with like the sitar and stuff like that, they have like those weird sliding between the semitones kind of. Yeah, completely different scales, completely different time signatures. Yeah. It's wild. Um, and I wish I was more nerdy about, sorry, I drink, when I drink coke, I bow. Um, <laughs> I wish I was more nerdy about like, music theory when i put my mind to it I'll, I'll remember it but it just to me music is it can be that mechanical mathematical thing but for me it's so much about feeling um and when i hear music i don't unfortunately for me because it would be so much easier if i had each part separately in terms of arrangement arranging my own music but i hear it as a whole kind of like entity um so yeah it's an interesting way to experience but world music is so beautiful to experience that way because it is just like i mean i think it's just spiritual music right it just makes you feel freaking alive <laughs> yeah that makes sense um and it's interesting you mentioned the latin american music and just spanish music in general sort of making you want to move with like the rhythms and that kind of thing and i'm aware that um you have worked with dance and like sort of interpretive kind of body movements in the past i'm just curious as to how important um the visuals are when it comes to your art really important um visuals in general or as well as the dancing art um the dancing well yeah let's just go with the dancing for this um for this moment i think it's like it's it's always been a part of my life because my mom um she was quite new agey and very ahead of her time. And she, there's this thing called Gabriel Roth, the five rhythms. And the whole thing is you go into a room basically with a bunch of strangers and there's five different rhythms that will be played over the course of like however many hours. It can go up to six hours. And you just dance whatever your body wants to do. Like you just let rip. And so she was already like exposing me to things, to things like that really early. But I guess when you're a kid and you're trying to figure out who you are in the world and you think that's lame, you kind of resist it. And then as I've been getting older, I used to dance like hip hop and, and jazz and stuff in school, but I didn't stick it out. And as I got older and I got more connected to my body and you know, I started doing yoga again and I went to this retreat that was all about really connecting to your physical body, not just being in your mind. It became like very, very clear to me how important for our, you know, mental health, for our spirit, for our life, for our being, for the like our internal fire, it is to like move. Also, because like if you think about it, sorry, I'm rambling, but if you think about it from the standpoint like animals, after they've been chased by a predator, they shake like uncontrollably, and that's how they shake off the trauma. That's why animals don't repeat trauma in their life in their in their heads because they shake off everything um and i think that as humans we've kind of well not all humans western society has really divorced itself from this like 
crazy, messy movement, you know, like, especially if you're not in the artistic world, there's no like culture around like dancing unless it's, unless you're going drinking or doing drugs, you know? Um, and so it's important to me because I think that I really want to like spread the message that like to rediscover yourself, you kind of just have to like move and not care about how you look or I'm rambling, but I hope I'm getting the point across. It's really, I think that it was one of the greatest things for me to rediscover what it's like to feel free enough to dance again and not care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you mentioned in the past how your music could be seen as, I guess, evolving and fluid. Um, would you ever consider maybe making a track or even a project in a different language i'm aware that you have got tracks where there are parts in different languages and things like that like there was one where it was in like french or something which oh, yeah. yeah exactly but um do you can you ever see yourself making an entire track or project in a different language maybe yeah i would really like to i would really really love to do one in italian i mean if i was being honest i'd love to do one in spanish because who doesn't want to be Rosalia, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, I wouldn't feel authentic doing that because I didn't live in Spain for very long. Um, and I don't feel like it would be mine to do unless I did it with an actually authentic Spanish or Latin American artist. And it would be really fun because obviously I speak Spanish, but uh, if I was doing it to express myself culturally, it would be Italian and that would be pretty dope. I would love to do a full Italian album actually, that would be sick. How did you find yourself speaking Spanish if you um, didn't live in Spain for that long, just out of curiosity? Um, we moved there when I was like nine and we were there for two years and uh, Italian and Spanish are basically the same thing. And you know, when you're that age, you're just, your brain's a sponge. So um, yeah, cut it short, I just, you know, when you have to learn something because you're in that country, you just do um, yeah. when you're not as afraid of getting things wrong. Yeah. Um, I went on to study it in high school so okay and um am I right in thinking then that obviously you moved from Italy when you were one if I remember yeah. correctly um so I'm assuming your parents had a bit of an influence then in you learning Italian yes they were like they are not very decisive people and they're not <laughs> about anything but the one thing that they both ever agreed on in my regard was that I have to speak Italian. And I really, you know, they had to go up against hell because I was like, no, we're speaking English. And we'd argue um, and they would argue at me in Italian and I would scream <laughs> up in English because I was like, I don't want to speak Italian. You know, you when you're a kid, you're just a brat. I was definitely a brat. Um, but they were just so headstrong about it. And I'm so grateful for that. That sounds like the funniest thing ever. And <laughs> do you know what? I'd love to be like a fly in the wall, maybe with subtitles, but a fly in the wall just to see this um, interaction going down. Just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll be on the phone with my parents now and like, you know, Spanglish, where it's like Spanish mixed with English. No. <laughs> um, so it, there's actually a film called Spanglish. I don't actually remember what the origins of the word is, but like how I interpret it is like this mix of it's when you like mix words of both languages and when you're a kid and you're bilingual you don't you don't your brain doesn't fire that quickly so i used to speak half italian half english sometimes and like for example in italian 
joking is scherzare, but I used to say, you must be scherzing. So like the scherz is the Italian and then the ing is the English, right? Yeah. Um, just things like that. So you just don't know how to differentiate. So my parents had a really good time because a lot of the time I was just making up words and like Italianish because I don't have Spanglish. It's Italianish, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but now my friends will all walk past me um, whilst I'm on the phone with my parents. And I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, and eggs. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? There's like yeah. certain words that just don't come as fast that are just like, it's. But if I'm fight, if I'm arguing, it's in English. Oh, that's really? Where, that's where I'm quick. That's where I'm. That's where I know how to push buttons in English. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> that makes sense. And. I, just out of my for my own curiosity, which one do you think in? Uh, I think in English, uh, but if I'm in Italy for like a week or so, I start to think and dream in Italian. And dream in Italian, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it takes about a week of getting back into it. But in like in terms of my writing, my songwriting and stuff, English comes way quicker. And I mean becoming a writer as a like dream and career was always a very english experience so yeah we'll focus on your music a bit more um cool so okay your ep came out in june um ep called fine and it for my interpretation it seemed a lot more um i guess you could say cathartic if that makes sense but at the same time, um, a little bit more raw. So especially with like the black and white kind of um, aesthetic going on, um, that kind of, what led to you taking that direction with your art? Um, it was definitely a series of events, I think. Um, I think I got really comfortable making melancholic music because I was, that was kind of a frequency that I grooved in for a while. Um, this kind of like helpless, victim-y, simmering notion that I lived in for a little bit. Um, not to say there's anything bad with that, but it's a just habitual space that I found to be my comfort zone. And as I became, as I started peeling away the layers of like, you know, conditioning and past trauma and stuff, I started feeling like I was getting to know myself better and um, kind of felt like, I don't know how to describe it. It was like I, this need to use my voice more and to find my inner strength and my power rather than always hold it down, um, which is something that I used to do is just kind of like be polite and be soft and be palatable and stuff because i didn't want to be too much and i think with this record my biggest focus was that i didn't want to sing i know there's a sad song in the record but like i didn't want to sing too many sad songs anymore on stage i really wanted to have fun and i wanted to energize people because i felt like um when i go to gigs and feel energized i feel inspired i feel like I can achieve anything. I feel really good. Um, and I didn't necessarily mind what I was doing before because I, I think that, you know, if your art is authentic to you, it still touches people. But I guess how I wanted to touch people emotionally just changed 
because how I felt emotionally was changing. So I was finding my strength as a woman and as an artist and I wanted to get a bit more messy and have a bit more fun. And I think that's that's why the sonic world took that shape. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I think that I want to go harder with it. Because <laughs> like originally I was a rock chick when I was little. So um, yeah. I feel like that's coming through a little bit more. Uh, I'd say so, yeah. Especially on tracks like Tarantino and things like that. And I mean, even with Tarantino, you know, it's got some of your more, um, I guess you could say, self reflective i mean all of your music is relatively self-reflective but like you know it's more we could do better as people you know in terms of this it's time to wake up and that kind of thing so um yeah i'm just curious as to like what the story is behind that one if it's any different in any way to um what you just said about the ep as a whole or you know if it's got its own background to it yeah i think sonically that one's probably closer to like the more soul r&b traditional vibe but it has that kind of western guitar that brings in the tarantino theme um i think uh i think it's less like i guess that one's less vocally aggressive and energetic but it's more to it's more supposed to provoke the listener to think about stuff. Um, and it came during a time where I was, I mean, I've written a song like it that's more politically influenced called Babies before. And Babies was written about Piers Morgan, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just cute. I, do you know what? I, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a whole uh, story in itself. Um, but yeah, it was kind of that this thing where I'm like, uh, I felt frustrated at myself because I was like consumed by the stuff that people, not people, but like the, the material capitalist world wanted me to be consumed by and I felt desensitized. So like, it was around the time that there was that whole um, issue arising with Palestinian you know cities being bombed and stuff and I, I it's not the first time that news like that uh moved me so much and i felt so far removed from it and like i couldn't do anything but also there's this whole thing where when we're this far away in the west it's almost like we're so numb because like we have our routine we have our phones we have everything that we know and this is really comfortable and i was just I guess I was just really angry at myself because I felt angry, but I, I have no right to be angry if I'm not doing anything to change it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Was um, it like an anger at you not being able to do anything or I, I, I anger of not knowing what I could do. Cause like, obviously you can do all the bits that you can do, which is like to write to your local MP, um, to donate and stuff like that. And I do that as much as I possibly can. Um, I guess it's more like it was more about the conversation of like the 
the human conflict that began, like the Palestinian situation triggered the song to begin with, but it was really a, a song that encapsulated the whole drama that began with COVID and this duality, like this like very extremist situation that was happening between human beings. And we saw it with BLM and George Floyd, and then we saw it with the vaccine. And like, that's why there's the lyric in the second verse that says, um, God, I'm not even going to be able to quote myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's basically about, you know, if you are so hell bent on trying to make somebody else believe your belief, I believe that that, that means that you have doubt. Because if you truly believe your truth, you don't need anybody else to believe it with you. You are so consolidated in that truth that you don't need to preach, you don't need to convert, you don't, and I'm not talking in a religious sense, even though that probably also applies to that, but it's more so like, you know, these very extremist groups that are, with, that are like bubbling up in all, all over the world. It's just like your anger indicates an issue you have with yourself not with the groups that you spit hate on. Um, so yeah, the, the song actually covers a lot of stuff, um, but it yeah. was about this kind of, this this split, this split, this, this crazy extremism that was happening and like this, um, it was kind of happening because we're so like consumed by the world that we're, and the whole Tarantino line was, that you know people are killing each other on the street but i feel nothing because i've watched so many tarantino films that i'm basically like yeah yeah and I'm he's not got like myself and i'm very blessed that that has not been my experience but it's like you know they you know that thing that they say about video games like people kids are getting so desensitized to shooting people that they don't know what effect that's going to have on their brain yeah the minute for example, with global warming, the minute global warming starts to impact the really wealthy in the Western countries, then you will see change. Exactly. Um, those are not the people who are being impacted. So there's, and that kind of like, I mean, that's the extremist, that's the extreme version of what I was saying in Tarantino. You know, you're so separate from the reality that you can't. And that's why the line is, are we still human? You know, because humanness is not, is not to turn a blind eye, although some people might argue that that, you know, we could go a whole ass conversation on that and extrapolate human nature and stuff. But I personally believe that human nature is love and anything other than that is just born out of fear and unfortunate events in your life that have meant you have created hate in your heart, which is not how you were born. Babies are not born that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, cool. We'll move on from that a little bit. Um, just before we move on, actually, what made you go with the black and sorry, pardon? I thought you were going to talk about babies. Let's talk about this. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Real quick. Just, just a quick, um, explanation of what do you mean about Piers Morgan? <laughs> um, so Piers Morgan wrote a really hateful tweet about Meghan Markle years ago, and I was so fucking pissed because who is this guy and he like he, i mean he pisses me off on the daily but that tweet was really just his, so hate in his it, heart his yeah. interviews are pretty frustrating to watch okay and i don't know if you saw his like the way he mocked the interview the other day 
oh my god this man is putrid like putrid and like there were moments where i did agree with him during covid i was like oh my god he's he's growing a heart <laughs> oh, no yeah. he did not, you know and um and so i wrote that song because the, the song is literally about <laughs> trying to reconnect with your inner child because i really think that he could his inner child is crying out for help yeah like, his inner child has not played or danced or done anything fun in a long time um and the chorus lyric is i wonder what your mother did to you to make you hate yourself so much yeah no i'm sorry <laughs> i'm not i'm not laughing at what you're saying no 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 i was like i'm ready to tear this guy down i mean i'm also terrified of him like don't get me wrong so yeah if, if he ever watches this please please don't kill me <laughs> you know what it is it's not even that it's just the way you said wow i'm actually agreeing with piers Morgan." yeah because like i'm i'm not a, I, i'm not a hateful person if you if you i'm a seeker of truth you know so if you're if you're disagreeing with me but you're right my main priority is to find the truth in what you're saying not to disagree with you for my ego or for my pride i I think it's important for us to listen to different opinions and arguments because then we grow as people, right? And like that way I'm not stuck in my own brain and blah, blah, blah. But this guy is just spouting hate. Um, and so, yeah, I just basically, I, I wanted to write a compassionate song that was like, I'm really sorry that whatever made you this way did it because it's, you're really mean. You're yeah. really mean. <laughs> like, why, how can you be so mean? something must have happened yeah it's crazy because yeah. yeah no i was watching one of his interviews well, i was watching a i've never watched a full interview of his but um yeah i've watched like a couple of the shorter ones on like good morning britain or whatever but he's the most frustrating person to listen to when it comes to him interviewing someone like i was watching his interview a well a clip of it with kanye the other day this guy kanye couldn't get a full sentence out without peers interrupting him i'm looking at this like let, let the guy talk you know what i mean like I, this is what i mean like isn't being an interviewer about listening like this guy just has a platform for click for clickbait he's literally living human flesh clickbait because i guess i mean we're talking about him now so he's done the job right and now i'm really angry that i've spoken about him <laughs> we can cut it out we can cut it all out time. <laughs> That guy does not deserve airtime. <laughs> so, you've released three EPs over the course of um, your time making music, unless I'm mistaken, and you've taken some down. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, so you've released three EPs. Um, what can we expect to see next from you? Before, uh, yeah, what can we expect to see next from you, Stella? So um, I have a couple of songs came out in the last month. They're like the acoustic versions of a couple of songs from the fine EP and the third acoustic version uh, will come out in January of Where Did I Go? And that will make like a just a small acoustic EP um, just of me in my, my living room just playing the songs myself. And it's the first project I've done completely alone, which is awesome. And then... Um, <laughs> If I can overcome this creative mountain block, a new EP will be coming in the spring. Um, and I don't, I don't want to like confirm anything because I think it's still like very much in its baby stages. But uh, it's 
the the project is a lot more about like the divine feminine and feminine energy because I feel like that's a side of me that I'm kind of trying to grow into at the moment so it seems to be going that way it might completely transform in the next couple of months I don't know yet yeah absolutely that's cool um when do you reckon that EP would be coming out um <laughs> if I had it my way and my I left my ego at the door and I could write this record without freaking out every time I sit down at the piano uh it will be out probably in April um and that is that is my goal so I mean that's what we have in the diary me and my label so it will come out definitely it's just whether or not it will be you know at my perfectionist levels of happiness <laughs> yeah absolutely that, yeah. that makes sense um cool before we go on to like the last couple what made you go with the black and white theme for fine and the also the stripped back versions as well of some of the tracks um so i i guess like with the visuals i i kind of like i i'm quite uh i'm quite controlling and i plan everything with everything but with visuals i tend to just wait for the inspiration like the idea to come uh and i was scrolling and browsing and i saw this picture by a photographer photography duo called les guzman of rachel weiss and it was taken in 2000 and it's basically her kind of how i was placed with the wet hair and looks like she's been dragged through the mud and stuff and so the black and white wasn't so much a decision to have monochrome as it was just so inspired by that image and i kind of loved how the placement of the face and the black and whiteness actually is very it kind of alluded to catholic religious imagery which is obviously very italian um and this yeah it it was very a cinematic i suppose the black and white and i wanted my visuals to be cinematic as though they were almost like a song of the ep you know i want the visuals to be as important as the songs are they all tell they've all been really carefully considered yeah so yeah it was it was really just inspiration and then i just loved the way it made me um it just reminded me of that kind of like catholic imagery so um the word's not coming to me but it will <laughs> yeah it will after we're done it with the interview yeah, yeah. it's one of those ones um cool so okay i do have one more question before i let you go on your way stella um you are heard by everyone on earth for 10 seconds what do you say oh my god <laughs> what do you say i have to think about that 10 sec no i'm joking you, you have as much time as you need i'm actually i'm gonna get this wrong because when i get anxious i just forget everything can it be a ramble it <laughs> Do you know what? Sure. Shall I, shall I ask it in a bit more of a calm tone? Stella, no. you are heard by everyone on Earth <laughs> for 10 seconds. What do you say? Is that, um, is that a bit more calming? It's not you that's not calming. It's that I want to get it right. I would say 
you have so much to offer the world, do not do the world the injustice, injustice of extinguishing your light in order to be something you're not. To please other people, you're not only just, it would be an injustice for the world if you were not your authentic self. And so, just, I guess, I guess, yeah. I could go on forever, but I really just want people to know that love, loving others starts with loving yourself. And that's a journey, but it's a really meaningful and fulfilling one. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. I wish I could have said like several other things, but <laughs> <laughs> I only had 10 seconds and I think I, over, I, I overran my 10. It's okay. Do you know what? It's one of those ones where you'll probably be in like the shower or something tomorrow and you'll be like, why didn't I say that? You know, so um, I'm 100% going to do that for the next week. What? Just for the entirety of next week? Just yeah, I'll be like, <laughs> oh my God. Because I have, because you know, sometimes you think you're really wise, yeah? I'll yeah. be like, oh my God. Why didn't I have that insight during the <laughs> Oh my God. I phrased it so much better today. Do you know what? If I was like, at the point in my musical career or whatever where I was getting interviewed by people I'd make sure that I was getting them all done while I'm showering because I turn into like the greatest I I get onto like Plato's Socrates all yes. of that kind of level when I'm do in the shower do you, so <laughs> do you know like uh, honestly I have written my Grammy no I have not written I have said my Grammy speech in my head so many times and this started when i was like seven or eight so i've written hundreds and i swear to god if i ever have the blessing of being at that point in my career not that i think that is the only sign of success but if i will probably be like okay uh, thank uh, you so much Barry. <laughs> exactly oh man it's just this is such an honor i don't know what to do with myself I'll embarrass myself in front of legends. That will be me. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Hey, you know, at least we can be philosophers in the shower. That's, that's low key. That's a hard quote. At least we can be philosophers <laughs> in the shower. That's that crazy. Can be, that can be the little sub quote you use to promote <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> 100%. Um, like, okay. I swear I sound smart in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> that may, yeah, exactly. I might just use that actually as the title. Um, but yeah, before we get into another tangent, um, Stella, we'll, I think that's a good place to end off this episode. Stella, do you have anything you'd like to say to the listeners or uh, your fans before we end off this episode? Um, I would really like to say, uh, well, thank you for listening to this. I really appreciate it. And I thank you for listening to my music. And if you haven't yet, and you do, you have no idea how um, something so small could mean so, so, so much to me. So um, I hope that it can take you on a journey and that it also invites you to join this ride, this crazy ass ride with me. <laughs> um, it's not going to be some smooth sailing, but it will be nice to have you along. Um, yeah, I think that's that's basically it. But just fat, fat thank you. And thank you, Ish, for having me because it just feels good to have a chat, to be honest. Um, and I appreciate your questions very much. They were awesome. Like, so dope. 
it makes for a really great chat. Please don't inflate my ego. It's already too big. Um. <laughs> there's no way, honey. There's no way that your ego is any way as big as Piers Morgan's. So you're good. I, <laughs> as long as it's smaller than Piers Morgan's, that's fine. That's your barometer. Um. Do you know what I mean? Like, just check yourself. Exactly. <laughs> you start becoming a famous interviewer and stuff. I mean, you're pretty famous already. But when you get like wherever Piers Morgan is. And you you start going, oh my god, am I too big an ego? Just look at him, and he'll he'll guide guide your life. <laughs> it's Saturday night, guys. I'm tired. It's been a long year. Exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll we'll end it off here. We'll we'll do we'll end it off here. But yeah, listeners of the Is Plus Six podcast, watchers, thank you for um, watching. Stella, thank you for appearing on this episode. And um, yeah, I will see you later. Oh wait, no, keep it real and I will see you later, alligators.